welcome to Every Movie Ever. I'm your host, Michael Swick, and as always, joined by Chad Whitney. It is Chad. Um, and quick question. Have you all watched Rubber yet? See, you remember that that's important. Hopefully people have watched Rubber. Uh, which Is that streaming anywhere now? I don't know. That is, I could do my due diligence to at least, you know. Provide the service that, that it's on. Uh, let me see. Justwatch.com. Oh, it's on Tubi. It's on Vudu. It's pretty much anywhere you can watch it for. Okay, perfect. Pluto TV, Crackle. You you pay on YouTube, which I'm pretty disappointed that they couldn't work them out with the YouTube. You pay on Amazon Prime too. Yeah, but I but, see that you know that's a delivery service as yeah. in addition to movie streaming. YouTube's a son of a bitch when it comes to stuff like that, <laughs> like their their whole service thing. Uh, but yeah, we are every movie ever. We are here to review two more movies that were picked at random. Uh, we're using, I think I'm using real good right now is the website realgood.com uh, to pick these movies. And it picked two Netflix original movies, which is something I didn't realize until like Chad just like, was like, Oh shit, those are two Netflix original movies. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah I was getting the, um, the posters for the promo and I was like, Oh shit, Netflix films. Okay. Wow. It's funny. Yeah. I was on Netflix yesterday, uh, just like kind of trying to find these movies in my queue. Because uh, Netflix, for whatever reason, sometimes I'll add a movie in my queue, but it doesn't put them at the top of my list. It just like buries them. Yeah, shuffles. And I realized that when you go to like new releases, at least on my Netflix screen, all recent re- recently added, like 90% of them were Netflix original movies. Which is, I guess, good for Netflix, uh, but not, might not be the best thing for us because, like, Netflix's stuff is like all over the place. Uh, which also means that because it's produced by them, we're not going to get any old movies really that often. Uh, yeah, that's true. Outside of like foreign films, because that seems like what Netflix is now is their original movies and then foreign films from like forever ago. Definitely, they've been just... pushing um pushing Korean dramas on me hard, which I'm totally cool with. I've been but, getting a lot of Bollywood stuff. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, I don't know what I did. Like, yeah. I'm, I've fallen down the rabbit hole a time or two, but I just didn't expect it. I was like, whoa, it seems like they, I don't know if they signed an agreement or something, but shit, keep pushing me some, like, some good Korean dramas, and I'm here for it. And I'm just getting pushed stuff that, like, I can't even find without searching for it. Like, yeah, it's true. I have to actually type in always be before this one um our second movie always be my maybe popped up yeah like She's I, all right. like you what the fuck else are you showing me with always this is your film netflix's algorithm i mean i didn't help doing this podcast definitely like fucked up the algorithm uh for like netflix oh. is giving up on recommending stuff but even their search functionality i think goes into the algorithm to where I'll search for stuff and it's just like, oh, did you mean this? Did you mean this? Did you mean this? It's like, no, no, no. Like, I, oh, that would explain it where you search for something, but then you click, like keep clicking when it's like movies like this. And you're like, oh, what's here? And you go down. Damn, maybe that messed up my, my algorithm. Yeah, like I almost want to start a clean account just for this podcast or for myself, <laughs> because I don't know if like I've had the same Netflix account for like 10 years. So my algorithm is like pretty deep. Like I, I might need to just start fresh and That's fair. put movies that I, I know I, I like on that algorithm, even if I just like cue 10 movies in a row and then walk away for the day. Yeah, my, to... I, I like to call my list or my queue 
the land of forgotten movies because I just put shit there and then never watch them. Oh, I'm and more then, likely like, to just click something and choose it. Like, uh, the, okay, watch the best now. part is you, you add movies to it that you're like, I want to watch this one day and then it disappears off their catalog. But then it comes back a couple comes years back. later, and then you're just <laughs> like, oh, shit, I forgot about this movie. Why yeah. is it at the end of my queue? Oh, because it went away and came back. I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't know they had this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I did know they had this. They just didn't for a bit. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that happens very often. It's where I just ignore my queue. I just have to search for everything. Have uh, you seen um, that they have a watch something function where they will pick something random for you? Yeah, I've done I that. Don't... And Ooh, I don't I don't trust it. I it's terrible because uh, it's I think it's based off your algorithm and ours is kind of fucked. But also yeah. because there are so many comedy specials and uh, documentaries on Netflix, it's the same problem I have when I roll for this podcast on Real Good, where I'll end up with like five comedy specials before I get to a movie. It put me on like Breaking Bad and I was like, dude, I'm not trying to watch a whole fucking series right here. Like, that's fine. You can suggest series to me, but I feel like everybody's seen Breaking Bad at this point. You can give me something new. Yeah, I had it. The only time it popped up a TV show was The Office, and it was just like, oh, shit, Netflix, do you know I'm having a hard time right now? <laughs> it's my yeah, like, girlfriend's favorite show. She's been struggling without it on Netflix lately. I, it's it's one of my favorite shows, too, and it's one of those things where like when uh, work is like super depressing or kicks my ass, I'm just like, fuck it, I can't, I can't pay attention to anything right now. I'm going to put The Office on. <laughs> Netflix knows that. Or at least it did when it had the office. Now office is on uh, the cock, and I, I hate <laughs> I, I hate peacock. The cock. I'm never calling it anything else but the cock now. Uh, yeah. Do you watch wrestling on the cock? Uh, it's it's on there. <laughs> they got they got WWE on the cock. Oh boy. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I I can't believe I didn't think of that before. The cock. Yeah, because all they're like, doing is dicking people for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of Fast and the Furious movies on the cock, and I think the, the uh, Harry that's Potter where movies, they are. Yeah, yeah, because it's Universal. Ah, those motherfuckers! I was yeah. having a Fast and Furious binge like a couple months ago, and I couldn't. I had to stop at Tokyo Drift. Like after Tokyo Drift, yeah. I was yeah, like, "Where the rest?" I believe the Fast and the Furious movies are on the cock. I'm just gonna keep saying it just so it's burned in your head, and then yeah, you no, can... it's gotta become permanent. Yeah, and and then you can casually say that to someone that doesn't know you're referencing Peacock, and then they're streaming at you. on the cock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll just casually be like, "Yeah, man, I was I was watching I was watching the cock yesterday," and then they'll be like, "What?" You're like, "Yeah, I was watching uh, WWE SmackDown from 2006 <laughs> yesterday." Some, some classic wrestling on the cock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure. Like, I saw an ad. Yeah, yeah. Fat. Um, I think all most of the fast movies are on uh on, on the cock. I see. When I typed in fast, I got Fast and Furious, Fast Five, the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, a uh, bunch of wrestling oh, things fine. called Fast Lane, and then another uh, Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. So th they're there. Uh, if you need them. They're there. Uh, but all let's right. let's talk about our first movie. Which is Fracture. not quite so fast and furious, though you do get some speed driving for a short scene. This movie is Fractured, the Netflix film from 2019. This is rated TVMA, and it's about an hour 40 minutes long. 
after his wife and injured daughter disappear from an ER. A man conducts a panicked search and becomes convinced the hospital is hiding something. This stars Sam Worthington, Lily Rabe, and Stephen Tobolsky. So, Stephen Tobolsky, um, he's from Silicon Valley. Lily Rabe, I know her most notably from American Horror Story. Yep. And Sam Worthington is from Avatar, which makes me pretty salty because I like him. But I'm always upset with James Cameron that, you know, where the fuck is Avatar 2, 3, and whatever else you're giving us. Because you like those movies, unlike me who hated those movies. It's one of those movies that I went to, I saw it in IMAX. It was probably my first great IMAX movie experience. And I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. And here we are, what, two decades later? Still no second and third movie? Uh, they're shooting and, all three back to back to back to back. I mean, James Cameron, every time he releases a movie, anytime I see his name on anything that's not Avatar, I'm like, what the fuck is James Cameron talking about? Is, is it Avatar 2 and 3? Because what you doing? And me, <sighs> I'm just like, fuck Avatar. I, I hate this franchise. Or It's not even a franchise yet because he hasn't released all the it other is. ones. Uh, yeah, I hate, it can't I, be called franchise. I hate, I just, I absolutely hated the first one. There are more Avatar video games than movies, and I'm very upset yeah, about Ubisoft that. Ubisoft just announced one this summer, coming out like next yep. year. But I'm sure they're yep. waiting for the movie to come out. Because <laughs> that's when Cameron told us that we'd be getting movies, but I'll leave it when I see it. I've been saying that for like a decade now. Not to scare you. Anyways. Uh, Sam Worthington, uh, so far, is only listed for 2 and 3, not 4 and 5 for Avatar. Wait, there's a 4 and 5? I knew I thought I heard him say there was more. Yes. Damn it. He signed a deal with Fox, which I wonder if, like, I, I, Disney has a whole Avatar land in Florida now, so, which is wow. apparently pretty cool. So I, I'm guessing Disney is fine that Fox signed, like, a five-film deal uh, with <laughs> James Cameron for Avatar. But yeah, like, James Cameron has been making Avatar until he dies, basically. I don't want to get pretty much too morbid, I, but he's he's an older fellow, uh, and he's doing five Avatar movies, and it took him how long between them to to come out? We'll see. It's yeah. gonna be some. It might. They James might even Cameron release. Cameron is sixty six, and he's making five Avatar movies. Like they might even release after I die. I'm not ruling yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't guarantee that, you know. Hopefully they'll upload you into one of the blue people or whatever. What's yeah. his name? Um, George R.R. R. Martin. His book's going to come out first. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it will. Uh, <laughs> okay, but seriously, to Fractured, to which I actually like Sam Worthington as an actor. I think he I does a pretty decent job. So this movie, as... The pretty much the description tells you this whole movie. A, a man and his injured daughter disappear from an ER, or a wife and his injured daughter and the injured daughter disappear from an ER, and a man conducts a panic search. It starts out with them coming back home from Thanksgiving dinner with the wife's parents. There are hints that he's an alcoholic or was an alcoholic because they allude to there being drinks present and he just didn't feel comfortable. This felt like a tense situation to which things got tense between the husband and wife. 
they, um, the, the movie opens and they're like actively yelling at each other and the kid is just in the backseat with their headphones on and you're just like, <laughs> yeah. man, this kid can hear all this shit. You guys suck. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. And I don't know. He was, you could tell he's a pretty passive dude. All the cars around him are just blowing by him in the, in the passing lane because he's doing apparently exactly the speed limit, if not less. In the middle of nowhere, and, which no one ever really does in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But we understand Which, later why he's like that. But, I mean, what what person just came back from a shitty dinner miles away that they didn't want to go to is out of town, and now you're sitting in this, like, depressing and almost agitating car ride if you're him, I guess? I'd be flooring that shit damn near. I'd be like, we need to get home. <laughs> but um, he's just dragging it like the but worst. But he has trauma. Oh, yeah, we do so, find out that trauma later. Yeah. I forgot about that. So that I was I was with you uh, on that in the beginning of the movie. I'm like, man, this is why is he doing this? Is is she making him do it because like they have a kid in the car? And then you find out like, oh no, like he's a former, or like you know he's a recovering alcoholic for a reason. Uh, yeah, and then that explains why he's driving slow. But yeah, it's a, it it begins with an awkward car ride of this them just like just going at it yelling at each other. Uh, but then of course the the little kid needs to go to the bathroom and they stop at a like a rest stop oh man the movie kind of starts off like really depressing because like he goes in the the wife takes the the kids to the bathroom he goes to go into uh the rest buy stop. new batteries yeah buy new batteries for the the daughter's headphones and buy it buy like a soda and coffee for him and his wife but then he sees like the little travel alcohol bottles he has to the place only takes cash, so he has to decide batteries or alcohol thing for a recovering alcoholic. He he chooses he, the alcohol. Yeah, and it's so sad how they do it, too. He gets back to the car, and the little girl's like, did they have batteries? And he's like, no, nah, they didn't have any. I'm like, damn, you chose the liquor. Yeah, like, and then like he when he sits down in a car, like he put the little liquor in his coffee, and he he's just looking like kind of like, relieved and a little smug basically that he's like oh yeah i, I got that hit um but it was just it was, it was really really su- de- like depressing but you also at the same time you're just you're kind of angry at him uh mm-hmm. but like addiction's like a, a crazy complicated thing so you, you it gives you that mixed feelings and he's really good in like this opening part uh the movie well throughout the whole movie he's really good and so basically after after he gets back and tells him he doesn't have batteries the little girl is looking for her compact which i thought that meant like compact disc player but i think after they found it it's like a little mirror okay and so the wife goes to check the bathroom to see if she left it in there and um, the husband is just looking under the seat in the back to make sure it didn't fall while this is happening a dog comes up well a little girl just starts exploring and you know walking away um you know, just looking. She didn't go too far, but a dog, a stray dog came and kind of backed her to the edge of a construction site. So, the you know, the dad tells her to keep still and tries to protect her. Ultimately, he, like, throws a rock at the dog, and the little girl falls back into the pit, you know, breaking her arm. But he dives, to, he dives over to save her, and he lands on his face, gets a head wound. Uh, when the wife comes back, she, you know, he's got the whole ears ringing thing where 
no, he's not. He's not here right now. Yeah, he's and almost so in shock. Uh, it felt like, but it's he's he's definitely in shock. But it, what we're portrayed, or what we're like seeing, is like, oh, he hit his head so fucking hard. His ears are ringing. His like, he's just out of it. He's like probably concussed. Yeah, which I I think he for sure had a concussion throughout the oh, movie. No, he declines. Like he declines having that worked on, um, but, but yeah. So then the wife comes back, and she's you know like what's going on, trying to help the daughter. He like pushes her, um, down towards the daughter, and then we see her kind of cuddling the daughter. Like oh she's okay. We just need to, we need to get her somewhere. So he drives them to the hospital, and this is where you get your Fast and Furious moment. He's like yeah. booking it. Um, he's, he's really shit. he's gonna it. kill them all though for real like <laughs> but oh, at the yeah. same time i have to keep reminding myself like even though he only had a little liquor because he spills his coffee um he still hadn't had liquor in forever so this was probably like super exhilarating for and him. he's and concussed he's, yeah and he's concussed so like, like he, he's <laughs> he's in a different headspace like right now uh completely yeah so he speeds to this hospital luckily there's a hospital just like two miles away yeah. Um, and in it, the middle of nowhere, which I guess where else are hospitals going to be? Yeah, uh, and this hospital is a super busy one. Uh, at one point, they say this hospital serves like three different counties uh, yeah. in in the middle of nowhere. So like all three counties have to go over to this hospital in the middle of nowhere. So they're super backed up and busy. And at this point, the movie for the next like twenty minutes is just a horror movie but about the no but it's like a a horror movie based on the american medical system like the healthcare system because it's everything that you hear from people that have to go to the hospital of just like they only care about getting your insurance information first there's a crazy waiting time um like there's a lot going on uh yeah it was a whole thing where during this thing because they chose not to call an ambulance and he drove her so then he had to like sign in, you know, the whole procedure. To me, I was like, shit, they should have just called nine one one because maybe they would have rushed them in. I don't know. I don't. They I don't even s- know how that whole procedure works. Well, an what ambulance if it is a would super have, emergency? Yeah, the ambulance would have like secured like the arm on the way there, as opposed to like her arm just like dangling, uh, basically. Yeah, uh, true. Until you know, they she finally gets seen like hours later. But yeah, no, like I, like when I was a kid, like I. uh busted up in my knee pretty bad to where like i had like a piece of metal like jam into it and pull a big chunk out i remember i just like my my family like put a towel around my my knee and then like taped it uh to like stop the bleeding and when i went to like the children's memorial hospital i'm like bleeding that the towel you can see is like soaked with blood and then they're just like insurance please and it's just like, <laughs> okay here like, all right the doctor will see you go sit down in the waiting room and then i sat there for like a half hour just like bleeding just like okay Jeez. okay <laughs> so like i yeah, i definitely cool. i've definitely been there uh and the hospital wasn't even that busy <laughs> the one i was at uh so this one they they definitely put them through that uh and even then like he they wait forever to be seen and the wife is kind of giving him shit of just like do something figure yeah. it out and it's just, just like what is he egging him do? on um, <laughs> I just kept thinking it's gonna be like a John Q situation where he like holds up the hospital. I love that movie, by the way. That movie's depressing movie. as hell, but I love that movie. I haven't seen it in years, but I do love that movie. 
that's one of those ones that every time it pops up on a streaming thing, I I, I put it on. I'm just like, you know, I'll, I'll watch John Q. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's like egging him on. And like at one point he's even said like, what do you want me to do? Like charge the emergency room, like charge into it and like kidnap a doctor or something like that. And yeah, yeah it's, and it's, it's like so- a busy waiting room. So like people are looking like, Ooh, what you going to do? Yeah. They, they finally saying that, but that's how it looked, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And they finally get to see someone and it, it's just the collecting of the medical insurance thing. And he starts to notice like weird cues of how often like people are asked like what their blood type is. And he sees like a weird interaction where an ambulance driver brings victims to the doctors and then the doctors like hand them like a big envelope, like, like a, like a money sized envelope. And then yeah. he thinks that's suspicious. Um, yeah, definitely looked like, um, some shit you see in Gotham. Yeah, it seemed like a very suspicious thing, and, and he hears uh, multiple times people asking about like blood types and stuff like that. And then when he's in the the room collecting his insurance, the lady's like super cold, which I kind of like. That's typical in those scenarios because like it, the people that have to ask all that information have seen a lot of shit, so they tend to be kind of cold during that. But it's like you know. His daughter's hurt. He's, you know, freaking out, but... Yeah, and I mean, it's a hospital and he has a head injury, so just having a little compassion that maybe is not registering as it should, Mm -hmm. you know, that could go a long way. But there's a couple red flags in this interaction. Uh, The first thing they ask is if the daughter, who's like, what, like six? If she wants to be listed as an organ donor, and they're just like why and they're like well if in case something happens would you want to donate her organs and and he's just like her arm's broken like no <laughs> just like let's just fix her arm and then the lady's like oh you should reconsider uh and then they ask about like blood type and stuff and he's like i don't know and she looks disappointed that they don't know her blood type but then he says he's an o uh like uh, his blood type o negative or something um, yeah, so um they're super interested in that. Uh, and then they are like, Oh, we won't take your insurance. Uh, they find out that he had a first wife who died eight years ago. And that's when he was uh, an alcoholic. And that's why he became sober. And then eventually yeah. they tell him like, it's cash only. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually no taken. taking cash. Wasn't like procedure. He oh, asked yeah, yeah, yeah. That he, and they went and like talked to somebody. And I guess they were like, yeah, sure. We'll take cash. Yeah. We'll take cash. Which he is shady, but yeah, it's a hospital. Who's not going to take money at a hospital? Like, and that's hospitals, pretty much what they want. Hospitals rarely charge you the day of. You get that like, yeah. that ridiculous bill like a month later when you're like recovered and you're just like, I, I'm feeling pretty good. Then the then the hospital hits you with the crazy bill. <laughs> the drugs wear off and you yeah. get that bill. <laughs> so yeah, they, they 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 take her in. Uh, so we get introduced to the the doctor, um, Bert doctor, uh, Bertram. Uh, Bertram, yeah. Yeah, uh, played by Stephen uh, Tulibisky, who was in, like, Silicon Valley, Groundhog's Day, we mentioned. Uh, he's he's really nice. He's really patient. Uh, everything seems fine, and, like, even the, uh, you know, uh, Sam Worthington and his wife, uh, Lily Rabb, they seem like they're getting along again. Like, now that, yeah. like, things are going well. Uh, and, again, everything seems very suspicious, uh all the doctors and nurses uh give off weird vibes they're constantly looking at each other (laughs) suspiciously like anytime there's like something said they're always like looking at each other like 
we need to take care of this, but not like we need oh. to take care of this arm of just like we need to take care of them. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, they're on to something. Get rid of them. They separate Which, them. I, the whole movie, I was thinking, I'm like, I'm, I feel like a hospital would have the best cleaners ever. Like, you know, crime scene cleaners. Oh, it's for gotta sure. It's got to be sterile AF there all the time. Yeah, so they could do all sorts of horrible things. And, yeah, and I never until it. this movie really thought of a hospital as a horror scene until I was like, holy shit, not having insurance in America and then telling a hospital you'll pay cash. But knowing the black market, your organs may be worth more. You oh, know, no. I, I had the same thought of this, like, I wonder if some shit like this has happened. You know? I don't rule it out at all. Yeah. Because we know there's, like, that crazy black market for that stuff. Like, and what a better what what a better place to set up shop. <laughs> yeah. Than uh, just some hospital, hospital in, like, some small town area that handles three counties and you know might need more funding here and there where where all the neighbors are like so far away you don't know who they are sort of scenario it's about two or three farms or more between you and the next person exactly yeah so i wouldn't be surprised if shit like this happens um but yeah uh they the hospital finds a way to separate them uh, they say they need to do a CAT scan uh, just because they want to see if she hit her head because it's likely he hit his head. Uh, she probably hit hers. Yeah. He's still refusing to be seen. Uh, but they say like, hey, we can only have two people uh, or we can only have one person uh, take the daughter downstairs. So the mom, of course, uh, takes that and he goes to wait in the waiting room. He, he sees to... that they go down to like past the basement down to the lower level. Yeah, yeah, they go to the lower level. Even though they were told that they were just going to go to the basement, they went to the lower level. Which I thought you would call the basement the lower level. I'm always confused by that. Yeah, I think, I don't know. When a building has like multiple lower levels, it's already mildly suspicious. But yeah, yeah I don't know. I, hospitals, I don't know. What do, what do you call a basement? Basement 2? basement yeah you could go sub level three four yeah but what, but what you call some sub level then it seems top secret yeah but like the i believe the nurse said that we have to take them down to the basement wouldn't you just tell them that it's in the lower level like I oh think... our our mri machines at a lower level because like he saw him go down the floor and he was like cool and then it went down to the lower level and he was like that's weird it's like they probably should have yeah. just told him like we're gonna take them down to the lower level yeah but uh, yeah, I mean, even yeah, no, nah, even there's a lot of weird things about this hospital, quite honestly. Yeah, just <laughs> the whole setup's kind of weird. But because but, we know the premise of the movie based off the description, we're just like mm, something suspicious is going on. But also, he hit his head really hard. He took a drink for the first time in eight years, so he's yep. not the most perceptive person. And this is coming where, off an adrenaline high. Yeah, of, like driving to the hospital. And this adds the element of where I give, you know, directors and writers too much credit of just like, uh, are we seeing things from his perspective? Are we seeing things out of his perspective sort of thing in terms of just like, is he acting paranoid or are we hearing like, what are we hearing? Are we hearing things from his perspective? What his concussed mind is hearing or are we hearing something else? Uh, like we're already semi-emotionally attached to his story and we have to take the movie for what they give us so are they telling us this from his perspective or is this the actual story i see what you're saying yeah yeah like are we supposed to take things word you know word for word or whatever 
or or do we need to go in his mind of just like okay they said this did they really say that Uh, it's kind of a cheat too because then if if movies use that distorted perspective like they can really do whatever the fuck they want at the ending and be like yeah this is what happened but yeah and this movie kind of does that (laughs) uh, at at the end um so he goes to go into the uh the the waiting room and he knocks out because it takes so long he when he wakes up um it looks like they fixed him up like he has like stitches on his head and uh it looks like they cleaned him up yeah and it's Uh, clearly like i know in the movie they say it's late but it seems like a morning dew out there like he slept there all day yeah it looks like because it it turns to night relatively quick but it sounds like he got in there at like 9 a.m and then uh he wakes up and it's like probably like what six seven o'clock yeah yeah, exactly. Uh, he goes to the the nurse at the counter, uh, and he had been asleep so long it was a shift change, so it's all new people uh, at the hospital, and the nurse can't find his daughter registered anywhere, and obviously he's angry, confused, and pissed about this because he knows his daughter was taken in, and the nurse goes from anywhere of just like uh, you're mistaken, you're at the wrong hospital to oh they probably just left without you uh but we can't find any paperwork <laughs> yeah which is like a bit outlandish mm-hmm. um, there's things like that but I, I guess that's real life too like you get some customer service people who just gonna be smart alex just because like man i've already told you i can't help you but i don't know they even suggest like oh maybe no one filed paperwork <laughs> you know and it's just like <laughs> yeah. okay i think two people meant to mention that we throw this away at the end of the day, but maybe you didn't file paperwork. Like, yeah. what? Uh, oh, yeah, they even, like, the sign-in sheet. They're like, oh, we throw that away at the end of shift change. It's like, why the fuck would you throw away the sign-in sheet? Like, <laughs> isn't the whole point of the sign-in sheet so it could then be logged? And they're like, no, nah, we just throw that shit away <laughs> when new uh, people come in. Just uh, weird things. Like, they, the, the hotel has a camera that only records in 30-second increments every minute. Mm-hmm. so like it only catches half of a minute which i'm like is that real do those cameras exist yeah he he wants to go to the back they won't let him he eventually like charges in and tries to find anyone that may have been there for him and the security guard and like one of the the doctors or nurses basically like have to like stop him and like hold him down and as they're doing this like they have uh, one of the nurses who's actually working a double is just like, no, you didn't come in with a family. But as she's doing this, she like gives like suspicious looks uh, to all the other people. Uh, so it makes it seem like she's lying. And she's like, no, you came in by yourself for a head wound because uh, you hit your head really hard. And as she's saying this again, giving every other person in the room dirty, like dirty looks or suspicious looks as she's saying it where you're like oh these people are fucking lying they are up to something Um, what the fuck's happening here what y'all doing and then uh he's pretty much ready to fight them but they end up sedating him like knocking (laughs) and locking him in a room yeah uh which is the crazy part so they like they sedate him which is obviously like probably illegal most likely illegal uh (laughs) and then they they hold him against his will and they lock him in a room uh which is stupid because uh, they just lock him in a room and he just has access to like all these doctor stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, straight up. He like just takes 
two adrenaline shots and gives three. it to himself. Three. Oh yeah, he did one and, and was like, "This isn't up. enough." <laughs> yeah, did two more. Um, <laughs> yeah, like terrible doctor work. Yeah, terrible. That security guard needs to be fired. They could have locked him in like a break room or some shit. Uh, the sleeping quarters, because hospitals <laughs> usually have like a, a sleeping quarter. Uh, like I'm pretty sure he's as, as likely to hurt himself with a scalpel as he was anything falling in a closet. Which maybe they were banking on if they were really, uh, you know, who he thinks they were. Yeah. Uh, but instead, and they he, could he, get his organs. I don't even understand. Like there was stuff. He, so he does the three adrenaline things so that he can wrap a uh, uh, wrap a cloth around his hand and then punch the glass window open (laughs) and i'm just like there's there's so many things he could have jammed through that window but no you need adrenaline for surviving a heart attack or like a drug overdose i don't know i'm taking this from get him to the greek yeah you don't need it to punch through a glass window which probably wasn't even real glass yeah like it's it's a hospital it's probably not bulletproof glass because why would they need bulletproof glass at a hospital (laughs) but like no he just he fucking takes three shots of adrenaline uh and he basically just runs around trying to find stuff and so he has to like run away uh from it uh and then he goes to his car uh, which at this point i don't understand how anybody would ever get him in a situation to talk to him like logically like bro you are you're concussed and you're on three shots of adrenaline. I don't even know what that does to a person. We're told right? not to go that high. <laughs> yeah, I saw cranked. Like, I, like, yeah. like no. Um, he ends up stopping um, some police officers who were, I thought, there because the hospital called them. Yeah, um, me too. But no, they were. <laughs> yeah, dropping... apparently nobody at the hospital was calling the cops. On yeah, uh, but apparently the cops are there to drop off like a like a gunshot victim or like a drunk driver it's victim like, a or something OD, like that. Oh, no, OD, 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 okay. Because there was a, a drunk driver accident earlier in the day that the yeah, which, that was when the like shady transaction yeah, yeah, happened. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> so they were there to drop an OD and they're on their way out, and then he decides to stop them, and he meets the two most patient police officers I think that have ever been in film. Yeah, for real. Uh, it was a black guy cop and a white lady cop. Yeah. And they were so just patient. <laughs> so patient. They were looking at it on from an like a unbiased standpoint, taking in all the facts. Pure staying fantasy. Staying calm, patient. Straight up, like taking the victim like, side, not side, but you know, believing what they say first to be like, hey, all right, I hear the information you're giving me, and I know that this is what you believe. Let me listen to what the other side has to say and, you know, get this information. And, you know, it was, I literally wrote down, like, wow, these so, cops are pretty good, like, unrealistically. So, I, I, so, uh, I was watching this with Sarah, and Sarah at one point was like, did, someone from europe write this movie because the uh <laughs> the dialogue was sometimes a little weird uh like didn't it seemed like you know like so uh, like someone trying to write for americans uh and i looked it up and it's like no the the writers aren't uh from that europe. makes a lot of sense uh they're not though uh but oh, i okay. thought they were uh because they, i don't know like the mom said bum like once or twice uh, which just seemed weird, and then some of the like the pacing and the cadence for some of the dialogue just seemed like kind of off. Like almost reminded me of like a David Cage game uh, with some of the dialogue. What's David Cage? Uh, <laughs> heavy Rain. 
Um, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> some, sometimes the dialogue was a little weird. And then when the cops were super patient, that also made me like, there's no way an American wrote this movie. <laughs> not, I'm sorry, but us Midwestern folks are nice. They were supposed to be up in like traveling Minnesota. through Minnesota. Yeah, so they might have been like, in Wisconsin. and <laughs> Yeah, which to me, I'm like, it's not, I'm not trying to be stuck in the boonies. Yeah. out there with with just random cops maybe it's uh, like because they're in the middle of like a bunch of different counties maybe they're small town cops maybe if we're just so used to like city cops being not great or yeah, something i don't know true. but yeah like the cops are super patient they even this man clearly has like a head injury he's you know like i doubt he's drunk at this point or still drunk at this point but who knows oh no he slept it off like six or seven yeah. hours um but he definitely seems not well mentally um, i mean but if you're off adrenaline you gotta probably come off a little something yeah um yeah he definitely it was coming off maybe like he might be high on drugs and he definitely is um <laughs> doctor and, prescribed <laughs> gave them to him <laughs> yeah uh so the cops crazy enough don't cuff him or anything like that. They just walk him inside and have him complain and like scream at the nurses and doctors. And they basically run through it. And every time he brings up a point, they, they mess up the, or, or the, the, the doctors and everything. The nurses have a counterpoint that just makes him look crazier and crazier. But the cops still are willing to give him the benefit of the doubt to where he's like, let, let's look at the camera footage. And they're like, okay, let's look at the camera footage, which is like, what? Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, look, let's look at the tape. I like to challenge the ruling on the field. Yeah. And the cops are like, <laughs> all right, let's look at the tape. Um, and, you know, they, they're basically like almost willing to search this entire hospital, but they need a warrant to do that. That's the Once only you thing get to basements them. and lower levels, you need yeah. a warrant for that. But they were, again, being super patient and willing to like help and humor uh, this dude, even though everything he said has been countered uh, with like a logical explanation. Um, yeah. The only it seemed almost even like they were trying to give him every opportunity to just be like, you know what? You guys are right. I'm going to leave. Yeah. And then he finds uh, his daughter's scarf and there's blood on it. And he's the cop immediately is just like, whose blood is this? And he's like, it's mine. One of the cops is willing to go and track down the cashier that sold him the, the alcohol and like soda and the batteries. Or yeah, whatever. Which, which I thought that was as bad an idea as him. Like the reasons I thought he didn't want a blood test or to be operated on was because he had alcohol in his system. Yeah. And so I was like, you want to go back to the cashier and that knows she sold you two things of alcohol? Like, man, bad call. But, like, at this point, they're, like, willing to go track down the cashier. And then also they're willing to go back to the gas station just to show where he fell. And they get, like, the lady is, like, the head of the hospital or, like, the psychologist for the hospital who ends up. Yeah, they bring the psychologist yeah. along. Because she thought it would be a good idea for them to go back to the place that it happened. But Maybe oh he'll find God. something. They are doing everything they can to humor him, which is just kind of... I'm just, like, baffled by that aspect of the movie. I'm just like, wow, they didn't just, like, lock him up uh, yeah, and put him in a drunk tank just because he's... 
they found out, you know, like, oh, yeah, he we locked him in a room and the cops are cool with that. Like, they don't question it. Like, oh, you, locked, <laughs> you you held this man against his will. Uh, but then, you know, like they they don't even really ask questions about the room. But like there's caps. <laughs> yeah, of I shot myself with three caps of adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. And the cops are just like, man, that's crazy. Um, like no one is really going out of their way to like question any like they're questioning him but they're giving him so many opportunities even though there's a site yeah like we're telling you the entire staff of this hospital that he came by himself uh, we're telling you uh, here's a security footage of him by himself we're telling you that he was acting crazy so we had to lock him in a room and then he shot himself with three shots of adrenaline broke a glass window <laughs> and then ran out of the hospital but okay let's keep humoring him <laughs> you know <laughs> let's go track down the fucking cashier at the gas station from this morning let's go yeah, to seriously. the crime. in this like small town she could be in any county really yeah uh and it's already nighttime it's like super late at night you would imagine at this point so it's like it's 10 11 o'clock at night let's keep doing this um so i mean i guess if you're a night shift cop in that area you probably don't have shit else to do you're just like yeah whatever most likely right yeah you're at this point you're just like you know what this this is kind of interesting it's kind of fun um they they end up all going even the lady from the hospital (laughs) like the psychologist or whatever the cops, psychologist, and uh, him go to the, um, his name's Ray. Uh, they all go to where he fell, and he's explaining everything. And this is where the movie gets twisty. Uh, we find out that, like, yes, uh, he was with his daughter. Uh, she did fall. And there's like a spot of blood. So that makes things super suspicious. And the cops immediately were like, we got to treat this as a crime scene now. Yeah, because uh, there's like a huge like person sized splotch of blood. There. Yeah. And he's saying it just came from his head. Yeah. And they're like, that came from the, 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 the dude cop is immediately like, that's too much blood. He immediately is just like, all right, I went from like, <laughs> I'm patient with you to like. <laughs> you would kill her now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like jumped from the the most patient in the world to like oh you're a killer I'm fucking done with you. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much every everything that this cop says from this point on is just like on ten. He's just like ready to fuck some shit up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, the 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 lady cop is gonna go arrest him uh, under suspicion of murder, even though they really don't have anything to go off of. So she is about to handcuff him. Her gun is unholstered. So he's just able to just easily take her gun from her holster. And then he oh, holds shots the... of adrenaline. So he probably saw that in super slow motion. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> Everything is in slow motion for him. So he ends up uh, <laughs> taking the psychologist uh, for hostage. Uh, and then he's able to then ditch them all and drive back to the hospital. Where he then breaks into the lower level. No one notices him. People at this hospital just don't really notice this man who you would imagine there was an already an alert. Like the entire staff was like, yo, this is a crazy dude who thinks we have his daughter and his wife. He just puts on like a doctor's coat and mm-hmm. facial wounds and all. He's fine. He can just walk on in. Yeah. And his his head wounds are like look like blood was smeared. Like at one point on his forehead, there's just like a big smear of just like yeah. red, like where like his head was hit. And he's he just literally walking. got so angry at one point that his head, the wound started bleeding again. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
he gets into the elevator. He has to fight the security guard from earlier. Uh, he either knocks him out or kills him. I don't really know. I think he killed him. Yeah. There's uh, no way you choke a dude out in a like dramatic elevator fight scene off three caps of adrenaline without choking him out. Yeah. Uh, he does go to the lower level and he finds the people from earlier the 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 driving accident people from earlier and their organs have all been taken out so his suspicions are uh confirmed to him yeah that something happened though realistically if that was the case like if they did pass away near organ donors that would have happened uh but he is suspicious enough and that's all confirmation he needs so then he goes to find his daughter and his daughter is being operated on and they're going to take her organs and then his wife is just kind of just sitting in the corner in a wheelchair like i didn't really understand that but like she's yeah, just I guess like she was drugged out but they were like you'll you're next and they just I like sat know. her there instead of like strapping her down or like doing stuff like that so the the, the doctors are like hey ray you don't want to do this you don't know what you're doing uh just let us take care of that there's a big buff doctor <laughs> who tries yeah, to take him out that. Uh, he ends up causing like a gas leak, uh, explosion. Yeah. you like with the gun, he's just firing away in here. Yeah. Uh, so he basically kills all the doctors, but he's able to get his daughter and his wife out of there. Um, don't understand how he gets out of the hospital. Yeah. Uh, like through the elevator. Another guy in the leg in the basement. Yeah. And then, then just appears at the car. Yeah. Then he's just in the car driving away. And then we get the 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 actual twist. His wife, uh, go go give us the twist. Uh, so, apparently, when he pushed his wife, her head fell into a nail. I where I'm confused is the doctor, the psychiatrist, presumes that he threw the rock at his daughter because she was upset, or he was upset with the wife. I don't believe that. I think he did actually throw the rock at a dog, and the little girl fell. And when the wife checked in, he killed her and just he had the bodies. But the bodies have been in the car in the parking lot the whole time. And so he's just driving home with these dead bodies and some person he kidnapped because he was hallucinating the whole fucking thing. Yep. Uh, so he basically kidnapped someone who was in the middle of surgery. So he's just driving away and he's just. But he's still seeing the image, like, nothing is broken from his reality yet, mm -hmm. to where he still sees his wife and daughter in the back, and then the movie just ends with, like, him singing, like, a lullaby or whatever uh, to yeah. them as, I think, a bunch of cops are chasing him down, right? Like, I think there was, like, squad cars in the background? Uh, I don't know. It, it kind of, like, because the credits hit with, like, cornfields in the background. and just, I like, was waiting for something. Uh, I yeah. sat through those. <laughs> oh, you did? I did not. I, did I not Well, I sat through, through for like 10 seconds and then I fast forward, you know, that Netflix fast forward where it shows every like frame. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, um, I think just off of what the wife was saying to him about they'll be okay, I think he may commit suicide. But either way, he's going down. Uh, yeah. Getting yeah. caught. Or because they got all his information at the hospital. Well, no, they didn't didn't file stuff, so I don't know. Yeah, well, we don't know if that's true or not. 
Like they didn't file anything. Oh yeah, because to us, <clears throat> he declined service on his head, but clearly they worked on his head. Mm-hmm. Was probably sent him on his way. He fell asleep in the lobby instead of getting in the car, waiting yeah. on his wife and stuff. Wow. Yeah, it's a whole fractured reality. Yeah, yeah. It was an okay movie. I think. I think it was. It, it was. It was fine for for what it is. Like the, all that the performances were were solid in it. I don't yeah. know how well I like the like the twist and everything like that. Um, like, if it was a really good twist, I would have been like, oh, I got to rewatch this film to see if they drop hints. But this movie was so heavy handed with like all the hints they were dropping. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was a movie that it pretty much the whole movie you see, except like everything you see is a lie, except the first 15 minutes and the last five minutes. Yeah. Uh to where like all of the suspicious activity that was shown from like the the doctors and nurses and the the police or whatever uh they were also heavy-handed of like something suspicious is going on that there's like really nothing that like I feel like you would go back and be like oh there's a good hint yeah <laughs> does that mean um the cops weren't patient but his his drunk adrenaline concussed head thought they were super patient <laughs> these cops were super fucking annoyed with him but they're just going along with it and yeah i could see that he just assumed like they're like of course they he would was help just me in this situation a <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> super funny yeah uh, uh what would you rate this movie i give it like a 3.5 yeah I, I i'm i'm going with a solid three Again, we haven't differentiated, or like our opinions on movies have not been like crazy different. But uh, <laughs> we haven't gotten those really obscure ones yet. Haven't got the void yet, or <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Beverly Hills Chihuahua or no, Mansfield Park. I think we hated that. I think the void is the only movie we absolutely like. We're like different opinions on. Or yeah. answer the void, I just remember that called. movie being so long and making it through it. I was like, all right, but it's pretty long. Yeah. But yeah, solid movie, good performances in it. Uh, I feel like that's the thing with uh, a lot of Netflix films, uh, though the next one we're going to talk about might be an exception. Uh, a lot of Netflix original films, I'm like, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing, it doesn't nothing break crazy. that cusp. Yeah. But it makes me like, all right, I didn't hate watching this. I was pretty all right with this. I guess that's what Netflix is probably working for. Just movies that you're just like, you know what? That was okay. Uh, you kept me on your service for one more day. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all right. I didn't waste my movie on this, but yeah. could have scrolled a bit. I could have scrolled for another hour and 40 minutes and found something. Yeah, exactly. Um, solid movie. Uh but let's uh, move on to our, our next movie, which I really, really enjoyed. That movie is Always Be My Maybe, starring Ali Wong, Randall Park, and James Saito. Uh, this is a PG-13 rom-com from 2019. So a bit more appropriate for some family circumstances. Um, Here we go. Reunited after 15 years. Famous chef Sasha and hometown musician Marcus feel the old sparks of attraction, but struggle to adapt to each other's world. All right. This movie, honestly, from start to beginning, I I really liked how it was put together. 
Mm-hmm. Like the it starts off with kind of a backtrack and like a film role of them in 2019, you know, living their individual lives and then kind of rolls back through periods of time of them doing things together as kids um pretty much up until the age of 18. And yeah. That's where um that's where it sets us off. But you actually start the movie with them as kids. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think it was actually a good opening uh for for the movie in terms of like the the kid actors looked close enough to uh like the the adult actors um yeah which always helps uh, but it also set like a really nice tone for for the movie uh and establishing like everyone's like relationship or how it formed uh yeah and, like and you it, you form this bond with Sasha first of like how she comes home and her parents aren't there because they're busy working and so she just kind of generally takes care of herself but then so you get introduced too. Uh, yeah because she's forced to cook for herself she finds ways to like make it more exciting for her. like presentation and shit um and then that's when you get introduced to marcus he comes over and says his parents wanted to see if she wanted some soup or something whatever they were having that's when you're introduced to marcus's parents who is um wife and husband and they're doing like a family dinner and you can see that Sasha's like super into that's where she builds her passion um for cooking well <laughs> you know mm-hmm. uh, from Marcus's mom and the care that she puts into it you know? but then they go on their first date after dinner or what we can recognize as their first date yeah, yeah, we're uh, you you see the dynamic though with how like Marcus was raised compared to Sasha, where Sasha, uh, very much like kind of a cold uh parents relationship where they're providing for her, but they're always working. And then Marcus's uh mom is like she cooks, she's like an artist. The dad's pretty laid back and stuff like that. So when he asks like, hey, can I get some money so we, I can go out with uh Sasha? He's like totally willing to do that and then he lets them just like run off at night even though they're like what like 12 or whatever. yeah running off to san in san francisco yeah i didn't know if that was like i don't know i wasn't allowed to go do nothing like that yeah and they just they, night yeah and they just go out on a town uh which was like super cute to see and then we get like the time just fast forwarding uh a little bit further uh to them they are 18 in high school at this point, I believe. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're in their, like, late teens, basically. Um, And is this when... Th- this is the when they're in the car before Burger King, right? Um, No, so... uh, Yeah, yeah. But uh, we basically move time a little bit. We see that even as she gets... Uh, Sasha gets older, she just spends more and more time uh, with Marcus's family. So they almost feel like they have, like, a... Like a like a sibling relationship sibling yeah uh, sort of sort of scenario uh but this ends up uh leading to us finding out that like uh Marcus's mom passes away uh and tragically in some sort of accident yeah and it definitely obviously affects both Marcus and his father and it's it's really sad and even though it's done in like probably what like a 5 minute sort of like not necessarily a montage but just like a 5 minute scene uh, yeah, they, kind of flash forward of mm-hmm. sorts. Uh, you, you like it's it does a really 
good job of like hitting those emotional points. Uh, this is what leads to Sasha just being like, Hey, I'm just going to take Marcus like out uh, or just like, they're just going to go hang out or whatever, just to help get his mind off that. And that's when they hook up for the first time, which is like mm-hmm. a, I think I always notice in movies, every time there's a funeral, people fuck. Um, yeah. Movies, uh, it's definitely like a, never really understood that uh, aspect yeah, of, of movies. Uh, it's just it's like, a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, the emotional vulnerability, I guess, makes you more prone to, I don't know, sex. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It's, a, it's like a weird movie thing that I don't, I don't know. It, it's always, every time it happens, it's like, this ain't the time. Yeah, um, that's the wrong time. Seems uh, like nothing good's gonna come from that. I mean, maybe something good, but long term, nothing good. Uh, so they end up hooking up, and then afterwards, which I I, I love that. Like afterwards, they he just like takes her to Burger King. Like immediately after, yeah. <laughs> they just go to Burger King. Are you hungry? Because, yeah, because they don't know what to do. Uh, because obviously they're yeah things like get immediately weird. Yeah, because uh, and. Uh, Marcus just like doesn't know how to act around her. So he like tries to put his arm around her, and she's like, "You don't have to do that." Uh, <laughs> and it's it's really good. Like, I I was dying during the scene, and they're just they they just go into a full blown fight to where Marcus is just a dick. Basically yeah. said like, "Get your own family," sort of bullshit. Um, yeah, exactly. And she runs off, and then I love the Burger King guys. Like, so what, do you do you want your food still? You, you um, want a whopper? Like you get yeah. it to go to cry on the car. Yeah, he literally <laughs> says that. And it's hilarious. But honestly, if I was a cashier, I would probably say something like that. It's like, it's like, like the s- most exciting thing he's seen. All yeah. Day. Uh, and then uh, that basically is like the end of their relationship at this point. So it's just basically it was all like thrown out in one day over like one conversation, despite them being like neighbors and everything like that. But um. I guess in that conversation, he does say, like, he's not going to college, and then she gets, like, really upset by the idea that he's going to, like, not do anything. Um, And that's what, like, sets him off uh, for whatever reason. So Marcus is a dick to Sasha, and then we fast forward to 2019, and now Sasha is a famous chef with a fiancé who's, like, her manager. Yeah, he's, Uh, like, an internet model. Yeah, and he's just uh, kind of a dick uh, focused on, like, the career of the people he's, like, managing and her career. Uh, but definitely not, like, a uh, passionate relationship by any means. No, not at all. It's definitely just, like, he knows that being a couple in public is better for their marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they're in private, he could give a fuck. He's on social media. Yeah. Uh, we see what Marcus is doing, and Marcus is just like <laughs> smoking weed, smoking and, weed and dancing. Yeah, as and, he describes it to his dad, and his dad is cool as fuck. His dad is just like he's like, "Do you want to smoke with me and dance?" And his dad's like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> Super funny. Uh, so Marcus's dad is still cool as hell, uh, but it looks like Marcus has like never moved out. Uh, he's just like kind of always just stayed there. Yeah, room looks pretty much the same. Yeah, uh, turns out uh, Sasha is, like, trying to open a restaurant in San Francisco, um, and uh, her fiancé wants to see other people temporarily so he can go to India. Uh, yeah, he, he doesn't to postpone even... postpone their wedding. Like, yeah. They were 
land I'll marry. Yeah, he was like, hey, I'm just going to go to India. Also, I'm doing it tomorrow. Uh, we should see other people uh, why I'm in India. She basically has to, like, tell her assistant, like, oh, it's a great idea. Like, she basically has to lie to herself and to everyone, like, oh, yeah, this is what we wanted to do. Yeah, this, like, sparks her to, like, okay, I'm going to go over to San Francisco and I'm just going to go open this restaurant and focus on work. Um, yeah. Can her I... assistant isn't having it. Her assistant's name is Veronica, who there we go. probably my favorite character in this movie. Next to the surprise character we get later. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I have to, uh, in my notes for the movie, because uh, I, sorry, I'm kind of going scene by scene, which I, I don't like to do. Uh, <laughs> you weren't going to say it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really love the transition music being just like old hip hop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for like a good chunk of the movie. And they weren't all just like big hits being used as transition uh, which I really like, which I'm assuming that is like Randall Park's influence on this uh, since yeah, he's from, like into rap. Yeah, I didn't know he was like as into like freestyle until Swick told me a little earlier today. Yeah, like uh, go look up some YouTube videos for him. And he had a couple. It looks like he was in like two like jazz rap fusion bands uh, before he was like a like an actor. Uh, so I'm I'm guessing he had an influence on the music because him and Ali Wan wrote this movie. Uh, so the two main characters yep. wrote this movie. So you can definitely see like both of their influences. Ali Wan's like a, a funny stand-up comedian. Randall Park, same thing. Uh, so you see all their like their influences through this movie and the transition music. I just noticed like a lot of just like oh shit okay. Which let me say this is like one of those rom-coms where I'm I'm not gonna sit down and watch too many rom-coms. But these are two pretty good comedians, and so the comedy works really well within it. Yeah. And then I guess them writing it together really helps with the chemistry of making like the romance part seem believable and shit. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. Yeah, you you definitely see like it, it's using both their comedy styles uh, well. Like they probably focused on their individual characters and then brought it together because there was also a third yeah. writer, and that third writer could have been the one that brings it all together. Uh, but it definitely didn't feel like someone was writing for Randall Park or Ali Wan's character. They were writing for Agreed. their own character. I'm assuming uh, you like uh, Veronica's character because she seems to be the one doing the most work in the background to, to get everything off. Uh, that too. Going. And, uh, she, and she don't mind telling. <laughs> she don't mind throwing in a little quick quip regardless oh, yeah. of who you are. She's like, I give a fuck. Oh, yeah. Telling people that like, if you say that chair name one more time, I, I'd fire you type of shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But she basically is like the mastermind by this whole thing. Uh, when uh, Sasha goes back to San Francisco, she needs work done on like the house she's going to have for a couple months. And her assistant hires uh, uh, Marcus uh, and uh, Harry, uh, Marcus and Marcus's dad, to yeah. do all the work <laughs> on it. Uh, just to get them reunited because she sees it as an opportunity because she, technically Sasha's single now. Yeah. And uh, they, they and don't, they don't explain it enough. Like Veronica's like a childhood friend as well. Yeah. I, Cause I was wondering if I missed the part at the beginning, but they, when um everybody, basically when Harry and Marcus come, they recognize Veronica. And then as you see Veronica around other people that apparently they went to high school with, they are all familiar. So, so they didn't, it was weird for me that they didn't like 
it made me feel like I missed something, but I, I ran with it. There's one scene in the early growing up montage where you see another girl with them. Uh, at like a at, at like a like a restaurant you see another girl with them in one scene so that was in my in my head i'm like okay so that's that's this person after yeah, she kind of established like everyone knows who she is yeah everybody it, they pretty much seem like yeah veronica and and sasha are a thing like they're always together yeah like besties um this is um uh basically they kind of go and they're, they're, they're still mad at each other. Uh, Sasha and Marcus, like they're going back and forth, uh, like the phone voice thing, like when he's like listening to her talk on <laughs> yeah. the phone. Really good chemistry. Uh, I on. hate people's phone voices in, in general. Like I, I, I know I probably have a phone voice myself and that irritates me, but mm-hmm. this is just, I don't know, and how fast people can switch to their phone voice. I'm like, ugh. Oh, yeah. Why? Yeah, no. I definitely know I have a phone voice. I hate it every time like I'm in the middle of like calling a client and I just realize like, oh, my voice is higher pitched right now for some reason. <laughs> right. Like it's slightly patronizing. Like you're like, eh, am I talking to this person kind of like a baby or like what am I doing here? Am I yeah. like humbling myself to them? Yeah, no. Phone hey. voices are irritating. Always, it's it's always weird, but it happens, and I hate it. It's a part of human nature now. I guess so. So we they they kind of just go into their old ways. Uh, like the dad uh is happy obviously to see her, um, and he invites um Sasha to Marcus's band concert that they're doing or like performance at a bar. Uh, yeah, she's super surprised that he's still doing the band like all this time. It's th- the band is still together. Yeah, yeah. Blues like, Brothers couldn't even achieve that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she's she's holding or she's like the surprise that like the, the they're still doing music and stuff like that. And uh, she's a fan of the band or or was back back in the day. But she's just surprised that it's still going. We meet her her parents and they basically are trying to make up for lost time. They're like super into like wanting to spend time with her, uh, which is kind of sad that like they sad and good. Like they realized that they like didn't spend enough time with her growing up. And now that they're retired, they're just trying to make up for it. Uh, And she's not having it and she doesn't have time for them now. So she's turned into her parents. Yeah. And she she definitely doesn't have time. She's a busy person, but she also spitefully doesn't have time like she she wants to make a point that she's working and, you know, pretty much doing what they did to the, to her. Mm-hmm. This is where we get the, the concert, right? And yep. we meet everyone in the band. Uh, I love pretty much everyone in the band, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's basically like some of like my favorite like character actors uh, in, for the last couple of years uh, in it. Uh, like uh, Karan Sunny, who's plays Tony, and then uh, Charlene Yi, who plays. I don't know what instrument she plays. She might be the drummer. The drummer, uh, I think. Yeah. Uh, so you have those two. Uh, who they they never have big roles in the stuff that they do, but they're always like funny in the few movies <laughs> that you might have seen them in. Yeah, I was only familiar with um Karen Sunny or Karan Sunny. Yeah, but like, but yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah, like he, uh, especially uh, Karen Sony. He he was uh, 
he was great as Tony. Like his his comedic timing is always fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. And he was such a great contrast to Randall Park that them being friends since high school, like it just stood out. You're <laughs> like, yeah. damn, you must you guys have been putting up with each other for a while and you guys like it's a good relationship. Yeah. He uh, calls them on his bullshit. Oh, like consistently calls him on his bullshit and like their their meeting where they all talk about hating each other and shit is funny and this like someone bought like a box of tennis balls that this has uh their name on it and they have to figure out a way to sell the tennis balls uh that's that's that we we get to see the concert and uh sasha shows up to it right she shows up yeah to the first sasha one? shows yeah. up with veronica yeah and we get to see and randall the- park flex his rapping skills yeah uh yeah so pretty much you know you get the the concert performance scene and after the show you know everybody meets outside to you know pay your cordial adieus and whatnot and um but michelle oh sorry i'm looking at her real name uh veronica is played by michelle batu but she's pregnant this whole movie so she's like i'm out of here this has been fun and just kind of leaves Sasha to reunite with Marcus and um, and Tony. Can, but this is when Marcus's would you say girlfriend? Like I guess they were an think, item, yeah, but yeah, he are, didn't really yeah. seem too into it. Yeah, he seems uh, like it was just someone he settled with because he still lives in his hometown, basically. But can yeah. we talk about Tony delivering like one of the funniest jokes for me in the movie for some reason? Which um, one was that? When he sees Veronica is pregnant, he's like, oh, oh where, where's the father? And she's like, uh, she's at home, basically, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, oh, I support LGBTQ people. Uh, thank you for your service. Because like, he doesn't yeah. know how to handle that information. <laughs> and she just kind of like, is just like, oh, okay. And just like awkwardly leaves. But him just being like, I support. Thank you for your Thank service. Thank you for yeah. your service. <laughs> I was that killed me for some reason. I was just like, oh my god, he's so good yeah, at being awkward. Um, but yeah, go on uh, with uh, the his his hippie uh, girlfriend. Yeah. So Marcus has a hippie girlfriend. Um, he has an Asian woman with dreads. Yeah. And Jenny, I believe she helped. Jenny, yes, that's her name. Which is pretty funny because isn't that um, Forrest Gump's crush's name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jenny, she works with children at the community center, teaching them arts and crafts and stuff. And and Marcus really connects with that. She is a big fan of Sasha and Sasha's cooking. So she's like, "Yo, you gotta come over. Let me cook for you." And at this point, Sasha was about to leave, and she's like, no, I'm pretty intrigued by where this is going, and decides to take them up on the food, which does not really go that well. (laughs) Um, No, no. (laughs) Sasha's just there for the entertainment. Yeah, for sure. Uh, She makes, Jenny makes them, like, some spaghetti and hot dog dish with some seasoning that that uh sasha makes a joke and says it's from the what's the paula dean collection oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> super funny yeah but, she, she like says like oh yeah I, I like support like 
all this stuff. And she's like, oh, these are Paula Dean plates. She's like, that's why I stole them. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, but yeah, basically the food's terrible. But Sasha does a really good job of being nice about it, being like, Yeah, this is this is smooth. Yeah. Um Why giving him I thought shit for sure she's gonna time. be really mean about it. Yeah, no, she did a really good job of being nice to Jenny, but also fucking giving Marcus shit. Like Yeah. Uh and I really honestly don't remember how this scene transitions. Like, where the fuck they go from there? He um, drives her home. Oh, yeah. He drives her home in the same shitty Corolla he had yeah. uh, back way back when. And she just can't help but look at the back seat. Yeah. Because he was a virgin then. So nobody else had been back there yeah. prior to her. She's the, the OG. Would you, now I'm not going to say christening of it like the og yeah but but they they talk about of that seat. <laughs> they, they talk about <laughs> that uh pretty casual uh even though there's like the trauma that happened afterwards you know like the big fight uh yeah but they're, they're they seem pretty cool about it like i guess enough time is like moved on from like that to where they don't have to talk about burger king <laughs> yeah pretty much like they were 18 at the time and it's been 15 years so pretty much a whole life worth of stuff compared to when that happened yeah, uh, but she invites him to her parents' party for, like, their cousins. Yeah, because the parents apparently like to throw big elaborate parties for the other kids in the family. It just kind of, you know, they feel really bad about not being there for her. So yeah, they cope yeah, exactly. Or make up for it elsewhere. Compensate, uh, that's the word. Yeah, at the party, uh, Sasha basically breaks up with her boyfriend uh, over the phone. Uh, very hilariously, doesn't know the window's <laughs> open. as she's Super yeah, hilarious thing. Uh, <laughs> giving this motherfucker the finger and shit it was super funny oh yeah. rolling <laughs> um also um uh marcus's dad meets a uh a diana ross impersonator <laughs> and he's like i'm a big diana ross fan uh that, that they'll pay off later um at the time i was like that's super fucking weird but then it pays <laughs> off which is great um so good she rants to Marcus uh, about stuff to where, like, I guess she, I think that this is at the restaurant, uh, which is, I think is like a nice little scene where she's like, why did we come here? This restaurant sucks. He's like, no, the food here is amazing. Uh, you just yeah. think it's shit because you wanted to run away from here, uh, which I thought was like a fascinating, like, bit of information to put uh, into yeah. the character work. And how, like, casually, even after 15 years, you're like, nah, I'm just gonna call it how I see it. Like, this is that. They seem way more comfortable in who they are as they yeah. grow. It shows. Yeah, though Marcus um, slowly kind of, like, his confidence breaks over time. <clears throat> but at yeah, least when she first shows up, he seems pretty confident, and then slowly stuff breaks down. It's Harry, uh, Marcus's dad, that basically convinces him, like, you should take a shot at Sasha, right? Like he yeah. catches, his, is that when he catches him? He keeps him? trying to, he keeps trying to like, gradually he kept trying to like push them through, but like after they have food or whatever, I forget what happens. They just don't really talk about it, but you could tell they had a good time. Mm -hmm. And then the dad, they're getting like massages or some shit. And the dad's yeah, like, yeah. bro, what are you doing? Like, go tell her. I hate love Jenny. Her. <laughs> like, yeah. And I hate Jenny. Basically. He's the only one that addressed Jenny. Like, 
Sasha and Tony both are just like, all right, bro, this is what you're doing? Yeah, well, Tony bails. Tony, like, (laughs) wants to go out with Sasha and Marcus, and then Jenny shows up. He's like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go vote. I I got to vote. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so sadly, Marcus is going to go tell Sasha uh, that he uh, wants to go out with her, but she met someone, and she's like, let's go on a double date with Jenny and you. The way she describes it is she met somebody and the sex was so amazing that like her toes are still curling today as she like talks to to Marcus about yeah. it and uh, he was there to tell her he loves her and shit but then this leads into a double date because he awkwardly talks himself into that. Yep uh, and this is like god this is when the movie goes to another level. <laughs> yeah yeah, straight up. This shit had me dying. I was like, what? <laughs> Did you know about that beforehand? Because I knew about it beforehand. I had no idea. Okay, it was perfect. A total so, surprise for me. Okay, good. I didn't want to tell you it. Like, because it was in the <laughs> trailers for it. And I remember seeing the trailer for this movie, you know, when it first came out. Uh, but they ruined this in the trailers. Like, they tell you. Uh, they, uh, that's that's why I don't watch trailers that often, man. Yeah, d- I watch don't. maybe one and be like, I'm cool. Because if you knew this was coming... Like, it's not as good. It's still good. But if you don't know this is coming, it, it, it's it's amazing. But, I was just straight up hanging on everything that the, that he did. I was like, yeah, what, uh, what role is he playing right now? Yeah. <laughs> um, so good. So this, um, they go to like a fancy, like high concept restaurant. And they tell Marcus, like, it's a fancy restaurant. So he dresses up in like his prom suit. <laughs> from tuxedo um, and then he's mad he's he tells sasha like why is everyone dressed po- like like shit and he's like oh rich people dress like shit now um yeah, thousand dollar t-shirts to look like homeless people yeah and then he's like i look like an asshole and she's like you do but jenny you're dressed fine <laughs> which is like super <laughs> fucked up because <laughs> she still gives jenny shit um and jenny just be taking it she's like yeah shit whatever yeah she's like yeah i do look like them thank you for the compliment because she's nice <laughs> the way she talks shit like she's really good at like talking shit like sideways um yeah. then we get uh cue the music we get that sale song yeah yeah we get the sale song and uh, who walks in the door, man? Like in slow motion. Fucking, fucking Keanu Reeves walks in, bro. Acting as Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I was just geeking. I'm like, oh shit, it's Keanu. And oh my god, like he's walking in slow motion, sails playing. He, he basically Sasha and Jenny are just horny as fuck at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Sasha gets up to take a picture of Jenny and uh, Marcus so she can get their initial reaction when they see his Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's like taking a video. Jenny goes to hug him. And as he's hugging her, he says some inspirational shit. And then she walks (laughs) away or she like gets away from the hug and she's bawling. She says some shit like, this is my dream. And he's like, the only dream that... Or the, no, she's like, she's like, I can't believe I'm meeting a star. And she, he was like, the only stars that matter are the ones in your dreams. Yeah. And she's just crying as she, like, sits back down. And it's so great that Keanu's playing this elevated version of himself. Um, th- 
the dinner is hilarious. Like one of the meals is you have to listen to the animal you're eating. Oh shit! That's Keanu super funny. Is like cutting a steak, <laughs> eating it, and then he just stops and he cries and he's like, "I'm sorry," and I'm then sorry. it goes back to eating. <laughs> like everyone is buying into this shit except Marcus. Marcus is just like oh, stewing. Man. He's pissed. He's angry. This is like a thousand dollar meal that he's not paying <laughs> One for. Meal- like one dish was just like the chef came over and blew some bubbles that apparently they were yeah. supposed to eat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like all every 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 course of this meal is hilarious, but man, Keanu listening to a cow and you can hear the cow mooing. All it is is mooing, <laughs> and him just like looking up and crying. I'm sorry, and then just casually grabs a glass of wine. Yeah. Uh, oh fuck! That shit was like that. Keanu was. For sure, my favorite part of this movie. It was so much that I enjoyed. But uh, just that little bit and how he went in. Fucking hilarious. So, yeah, and then after dinner, he pays for it because it's like, it is like multiple thousands or some shit. And Marcus is like, well, I wanted to pay. He's like, yeah, wait, you you really about to pay this? He's like, oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> and they go back to Kiana's place for like icebreakers and drinks. Yeah. And, that's when things kind of come to a head a bit where they play truth or dare and one of the truth yeah where everybody has to go like the first person goes and then it goes in a circle or something he basically entered keanu introduced this game he's like a stunt driver (laughs) or like my stunt man told me how to play truth or dare but the extreme version (laughs) it's called icebreakers and then they just have to all play it and so many topics are talked about <laughs> during this game. It's so funny. At one point, it, it was the dinner when they were about to pay. And he was like, he's t- it was $6,400. He was like, that's less than my residual checks for my hit blockbuster speed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I watch speed every time that shit's on TV, man. So I'm part of that. Yeah, yeah. He, he helped Keanu. pay for that dinner. Um. <laughs> But yeah, the the game gets super tense. Um, I mean, somehow they end up fight. they talk about like masturbation. Um, yeah, yeah. The, it was the the question was like the the oddest the oddest um oddest thing or oddest person you've ever masturbated to, and he said some shit like Jasmine with her half drawn dress. Yeah, yeah. And and Keanu kind of thought it weird. Yeah. I forgot what Keanu says, but like, Keanu's oh no, like he doesn't drunk answer. As fuck at that point, no, yeah. he doesn't answer. Yeah, and he's lit. You can just see him starting to get into like drunk rage mode. Yeah, it's <laughs> just so feel good. like super nice for Keanu, like for a drunk rage person. He's uh, still just like Keanu. Oh, wasn't it like who do you admire, and then like Keanu picks like some sort of like, oh god, I like some foreign leader. And people were like, they were surprised that like Keanu. Nah, like it was, it it was um. So Jenny says a foreign like a foreign leader, um, Asian foreign leader, and so Randall Park makes a joke to Keanu like, do you even? Because he said the Jasmine was weird. He's like, do you even know what this person looks like? And Keanu was like, yeah, I I know my foreign diplomats. Thank you. Who yeah, you and I then would? starts rattling them off. <laughs> Didn't he say he's like a portrait of one of them or some shit? Yeah, exactly. Um, 
So Keanu's great. I was great hanging on everything Keanu yeah. did in this movie. And at one point, they, they pull out a thing of, like, who would you kill? And everyone just picks people. And then, like, Keanu Keanu's and like, Sasha. I kill Marcus. Yeah, Keanu is, I kill Marcus. And then uh, they ask Jenny. And Jenny's like, I'd kill Marcus. <laughs> and then She's Sasha like, jumps Sasha and, Sasha and Keanu's impact on the world is too great. I yeah. couldn't do that. Because <laughs> well, yeah, it was like, who would you kill in this room? And then Keanu's like, Marcus. Sasha's like, Marcus. And then Jenny's like, they're too important. <laughs> Not to kill them. And then that triggers Marcus and uh, Keanu to where Keanu's like, I hurt you. Uh, oh, no, no. Uh, he, t- he dares Keanu to... <laughs> to break that lamp over his head and Keanu's like, you think yeah. I will? And he breaks the I don't, lamp. I don't shy away from danger. <laughs> so he hits it and then feels bad. So he tells Marcus to punch him. <laughs> I don't even think he feels bad. That was a, he was just like in rage mode at that point. He's yeah. like, Cause Marcus, I'm getting, I'm getting the energy that you want to, you want to punch me in my face. So I dare you to punch me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which Marcus ends up doing uh and it's just it's just chaos it's beautiful chaos keanu reeve is amazing in this section but but ultimately after the fight uh sasha finally sees that marcus was right that keanu's kind of a dick and (laughs) (laughs) so they decide to leave keanu gets them an uber pool (laughs) no that's the best part is like he's like i'll call you guys an uber um but yeah yeah but the, the jenny thing uh, oh yeah but jenny decides to stay because she wanted to get him to do promo for the community center yeah now she wanted to, she was gonna fuck keanu reeves that night and she <laughs> yeah, saw her for sure but they're in the uber and they're fu- they they um they like make out in the uber and then we find out that keanu ordered them an uber pool <laughs> he didn't even order them a regular uber he he ordered them an uber pool so the driver and the other passenger have to just sit there uh funny why that happens uh but their relationship is official now um yeah and we get like a music montage of uh marcus rapping and like how sasha's like the number one fan it's actually really adorable um i was getting super worried because at this point there's like 30 minutes left in a movie and i'm like you got your happy ending just ended yeah i thought it was over yeah, and then like, I was like, "Wait!" I pressed the button, and it was like thirty minutes left. Oh shit! I was really worried this was going to end in one of those movies where, at the end, they're just like, "We weren't right for each other." This sort of movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's what I thought it was called. Always be my maybe. Like, yeah, it was going to. Um... Yeah, I because I was getting worried because I'm like, you should have just ended it at the Keanu thing. I would have been fine with that. It would have been a sixty minute movie, but I'll be okay with that because it was a really great way <laughs> to end the movie. Uh, yeah. But there's thirty minutes left. Um, in that last 30 minutes, we are like, like 10, like at that point, I'm like, there's only 30 minutes left in this movie. What the fuck's going to happen? And then like two minutes later, like Sasha's going back to New York and Marcus isn't happy with that. Cause he wants to stay with his dad. And then they're at an event for the opening of the restaurant and she kind of makes him feel small, but I feel like that's just him being sensitive, uh, where he gets offended that they asked who she's dating. And she's like, Marcus, he's just a regular guy. And then that, like, yeah, which I think she was kind of being complimentary, yeah, of being like, he's not know, a fake, Hollywood like, it was guy. a bit endearing, yeah, but he took it. I mean, it was an intimidating platform for him. He's on a red carpet, 
uh, I'm holding the purse for. He dressed <laughs> you know. like rich people at the restaurant, which means he only yeah. had like a t-shirt. And then she's like, oh, no, uh, this is a opening. You need to be dressed fancy. Uh, but she said it was fine. Uh, so he's out of his element. And then hearing that triggered him for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, uh, so that, now that he's in his fields, they kind of get into a tiff back at the at the house um, to which he kind of feels like she's being a bit fake or that's what he implies is that he feels like she's living a fake life and you know he's he's a bit hipster about it if you will yeah uh, and but that argument even with him being a dick she like leaves but she makes it very clear to him after leaving like he's still who she wants to come home to like it's not like when they were 18 years old and that was just the end of it like she's like you know this was a, a fight but i still want to be with you but he ultimately decides he doesn't want to go to new york with her um to as she works on the restaurant she's opening in new york yeah uh she basically just expected marcus to drop everything because he doesn't really have anything going for him uh so this sends marcus spiraling um, so we get like drunk Marcus at a audition. It was an audition, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. it was like they were no, it was an actual show, but it was at that new or at that bigger bar. The yeah, it um them to start playing shows at, but he showed up drunk and blew blew their first opportunity at it. Yeah. So it, they thought it was ruined, ruined. Yeah, and um that's when he just and they just kind of fast track it there to him seeing that he was kind of a dick and being selfish and he he wants to do better. So he starts to call up Sasha, leave hella voicemails. Um she's his, not answering or calling back. His dad convinces him basically cuz he, he catches his dad with the Diana Ross impersonator. Um, oh yeah. And the dad is just like, "Yo, just move on." like yeah he's like i don't need you here i know yeah. you think you're my caregiver but i'm I'm gucci yeah he's like i'm good uh but yeah like he leaves like crazy amount of voicemails he finds out that sasha has been buying all of their merch like he finally set up like an online merch store and he's like we're selling a lot of stuff uh but then he finds out sasha has been buying it so he decides to go to new york to confess his like love for her right like pretty yeah. fast happens yeah and before he arrived um Sasha's parents arrived in New York to visit the restaurant or visited at visit her at home actually. They said that she was the only it was only two Sasha trans in New York. Yeah. And that that uh, the other one was a baby, so they found her address, came, said hi. Um, you know, apologized for her youth and even showed her, Hey, we went to the restaurant in San Francisco and didn't tell anybody that we were your family yeah, and paid, paid full price, price yeah. and ordered extra. And, and that was very meaningful for yeah. their connection. Yes, yes. Because tipping is like a big thing, too. <laughs> it's mentioned multiple times throughout the movie. Yeah. And, so, um, and so then that's when when um, Randall Park, when Marcus starts doing some... I don't even really remember why he... Oh, he was just like, I'm just going to pop up at a restaurant in San Francisco and hope she's there yeah she wasn't but veronica was there so they send him up and he sees that sasha has been buying all all of his like band merch and basically just storing it there just to help their profits go up yeah 
which then sends him on his way to New York to confess his love. He crashes the red carpet um, at her restaurant and does a really good speech, uh, and she accepts it. Um, and that's already enough of a happy ending, uh, but then we get a little bit more, and we find out that Sasha is going to take Marcus's advice, and she's in the process of opening up a more down-to-earth, regular-people restaurant called Judy's Way, and all the recipes she's using there are Marcus's mom's recipes. Yeah. Uh, which is and really happy ending. She, like, shows it to him by showing him the kimchi his mom was showing her to make back in, like, the opening scene. Yeah. And he immediately recognizes, like, whoa, just like mom used to make it. And they have a whole opening ceremony. Um, The dad comes. Harry comes, you know. And they put up the painting that that Marcus has had of him, his mom, and his dad with the mom in the middle Mm -hmm. up on the wall. And it is a happy ending. That closes out with the song I Punch Keanu Reeves. Yep. Uh, which is a really good song. Like, I was upset because, like, Netflix did that thing after 10 seconds of just, like, oh, no, you want to watch something else. I'm like, no, 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 go back to that video. <laughs> no, I want to listen to this song. Keep that song. It's super long, too, <laughs> which I love. I missed like, the song because I turned it off at the end, but Schwick got me to um, pull it up on YouTube. And the first, hey, first 30 seconds of that song are lit. I yeah, listen to it, the rest of it. It's really good. Um, I absolutely adored this movie. I like. I also, I also use lit as a as a Jenny reference for people who watch this movie or have seen it. She uses <laughs> lit a few times. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> um, I so I I have a I probably have a higher tolerance for romantic comedies than you do. Um, yeah, I can. I can. I mean, I'm not opposed to them. I just don't often want to sit down and watch them. So I, I can be convinced, Avi, but you know, I I don't say like I like all a lot of them, but the ones I do like, I I really like. Um, so I'm gonna go with like a four and a half out of this one. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, I'd say a four. Yeah, just the, um, even just because I'm Keanu rating stuff. it as a movie and yeah. not the rom com part. If I'm rating it on like a scale of rom coms, I'd put this very near the top. Yeah. I really like this. Uh, even if you take the Keanu stuff out, I think it's still a really good movie, but the Keanu stuff just elevates it. Yeah. Keanu um, is like the most unneeded part that was the most pleasant surprise. It's like, you know how um, we're constantly told that like we live in a darkest timeline? And I have a hard time believing that when Nicolas Cage and Keanu Reeves both exist at the same time in this timeline. Yeah, seriously. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, it's... It's a dark timeline, but I yeah, seriously. Both of them exist we got at Nick the same Cage. time. We got Nick Cage, what's his name? Um fuck. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. We got Anthony Mackie. It's a plethora of great actors and actresses. But even like, though I only said actors. Yeah. But specifically <laughs> Keanu Reeves and Nicolas Cage are like they could be the same person if Do they like, have a movie together? I don't oh God, now I had the look because Nick if they Cage. don't, they need one before, you know, time runs out, before the sun explodes. They don't. Wow. Cause they, yeah, I need that. Even if it's just like a cameo appearance from each of them in one movie. If and they Nicolas don't Cage interact. isn't the villain in the next John Wick movie, what are they doing? Oh, shit. That would be so good. <laughs> That'd be so good. <laughs> like, what? 
How is how wow? That didn't even cross my mind, but a hundred percent. Yeah, that definitely needs to happen, or at least like Constantine. Too. Those are like the two that I see the easiest transition. But we could make a Nick Cage movie, like maybe Gone in sixty seconds too. Has Keanu Reeves? If if National Treasure, nah, I wouldn't want to watch National Treasure with Keanu. Put put Nick Cage in the Matrix. Like, what if the uh, what what is the uh, what are the uh, the guys with sunglasses? Like, and this is not an insult. Nick Cage just seems like yeah, Mister Smith, one of the agents. What if they were all like exactly what I was thinking? What if they were all Nicholas Cages? I was thinking that exactly. Like, Nick Cage just is a Matrix character, bro. He's an agent. Keanu Reeves has okay to fight 100 Nick Cages in one scene. <laughs> that would be amazing. Man, like, I love the dude that played Mr. Smith. But, but what if he was for Nick real, Cage? Keanu would be, or not the Keanu, Nick Cage would be. Our minds weren't ready for that. What was that, like 2000, 2001? Our minds yeah. weren't ready for that. No, not at all. But Nick Cage getting his chest reached into by like Keanu. Just a hundred Nick Cage's it. screaming at him. <laughs> With the like telephone yeah. line. <laughs> like that that's why like, so let's start the campaign now. Uh yeah, Nick for Cage real. for John Wick four. Or Nick Cage for Matrix Four. Yeah. Whichever one is in post-production, but not too far into the post-production. Let's do it. I mean, come on. You tell me you can't find a spot for John Wick. Isn't Halle Berry in a John Wick movie? You can find one for Nick Cage. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. It's like the John Wick movies get people the way that um, Expendable movies were. Yeah. Except John Wick movies are actually good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, man. Wow. Uh, so that that was really before I die. I need to see Nick Cage and Keanu Reeves in a movie together, or just hanging out. Like if they had a like if they had a podcast, I would be on that shit. I would I would listen <laughs> to that every week. Yeah, for real, for real. Oh man, could you imagine the conversations they would have? I can't. Yeah, I just know it would be amazing. It would either be super philosophical, or if they're just talking shop, I would I would be into that. Can I, I feel get like a travel some points show? Would get so. <laughs> Oh shit, that'd be so good. I've watched <laughs> like I've even watched Gordon Ramsay travel shows. I know yeah. I will watch a Nick Cage and Keanu Reeves travel show. Like a road show where they're just like, like traveling across America together in like, like a in like a, a fucking Camaro or some stupid ridiculous like old body <laughs> yeah. car muscle car. Breaking out the cage a world trip story with Keanu. <laughs> Just all the Need for Speed and Gone in 60 Seconds references you can do in a road trip show? I'd be so good. <laughs> Nick Cage would have all the puns. I would be so good. All the dad jokes. Are they even dad jokes if they come from Nick Cage or are they just Cage jokes? Yeah, this is just Cage. <laughs> yeah. I'm They're basically the same actor. I see the most insulting question on Korra. Like, I typed in Keanu Nicholas Cage. And the second thing I see is who was a worse actor, Keanu Reeves or Nicolas Cage? I think like, they're how the same actor and I think they're fantastic. Yeah, exactly. They are two parts of one greater whole that is far beyond any comprehension our mind can handle. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for, for uh, this week's show. Um, we still plan to uh, do like a Space Jam episode and we're probably going to do a 
R.L. Stein episode sometime this yeah, month. Yeah. Uh, next yeah, week, I think it will be a regular episode, though. Uh, but definitely have have something uh, lined up for every week this month. But we might take a uh, week off here or there. Uh, just so we can like get all three of those R.L. Stein movies in one episode. Yeah, that's valid. Uh so thanks That'll for probably listening. be a little longer episode, but yeah, well, maybe about the same. It depends on how good those movies end up being, or <laughs> yeah, connected, true. really. Uh, but thanks for watching or listening, um, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Give us a rating and review on iTunes. All of that helps us. And yeah, let's start the campaign for for Nicolas Cage and um, Keanu Reeves. Uh, Seriously. I will sit down and if it takes me 10 years, I will write a movie if it doesn't happen by then. I don't have any movie writing experience, but if I have to make this shit happen myself, I will. And I'll keep editing until Nicolas Cage and Keanu both are like, yep. All right, take take it away, Chad. All right, guys. As always, the chat loves you and all that you are. Have a good week. See you next week.